Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care Podcast. Today we're going to talk about drugs used in solid organ transplant. Um, so all of these posts are simplifications of much more complex topics, but when it comes to immunosuppressants used in solid organ transplant, I'm really wading out of my depth even more than I usually am. So this summary is basically just about enough to get by, but perhaps not enough to say anything sensible about. So uh, all of these drugs are, of course, immunosuppressant, being that that's the point, but depending on the type of the solid organ transplant, you may need more or less immunosuppression. Acute rejection in kidney transplant is a big deal, but at least we have a backup organ with dialysis. Acute rejection in the liver might be easier to manage, but we have no backup option for support if the graft itself is rejected. All that to say is that's complicated, uh, and there are reasons that transplant physicians are one of the few groups allowed to prescribe in our generally closed ICUs. So there is a concept of induction chemo where the immune system is flattened at the time of antigen presentation, basically telling the immune system, nothing to see here, move along, move along, while sneaking, uh, uh, trying to sneak a new organ into place. This allows a delayed introduction of the supertoxic maintenance agents, um, and the one I've seen commonly used is induction with basilix- basiliximab, um, again unpronounceable like most of those type of biologic agents. Um, it's a antibody to the IL-2 receptor, which I presume does something complicated to the immune system that I wouldn't understand, I understand even less than most of the other things that I don't understand well. The main drug used in long-term immunosuppression falls really into two groups. You've got the calcineurin inhibitors, such as cyclosporin and tacrolimus, and you've got the antimetabolites, such as azathioprine or macafenolate. So here's one sentence on each of those that might help lodge in your brain when it comes up on an exam. Cyclosporin uh, was found in a soil sample produced by a fungus, which is a common and somewhat inexplicable theme when it comes to discovery of transplant drugs. It has P450 metabolism, which is kind of medical code for ask a pharmacist before starting any other drugs, and there's no renal extration. It has extensive side effects, most importantly is nephrotoxicity uh, and thrombotic microangiopathies and posterior reversible encephalopathy syndromes um, are also important ICU conditions on the list of bad things that can happen and associate with this drug. Tacrolimus is less dependent on bile for gut absorption, which is a good thing. Um, it's also P450 metabolized and it's also nephrotoxic. Azathaprin inhibits leukocyte function by interrupting purine synthesis. It has dose-dependent myelosuppression uh, and is xanthine oxidase metabolism and really excreted. Finally, macafenolate. Again, this blocks purine synthesis. It's 100% bioavailability and renal excretion. It has mainly GI side effects and it also causes myosuppression. Unsurprisingly, increasingly it has been, uh, it's increasingly replacing azathaprin, apparently, if you're into these types of things. Steroids, of course, have a big role in inhibiting T-cell perforation, T-cell immunity, and cytokines, and it helps suppress antibody formation. Usually used in high doses as part of induction and then tapered. So the current idea is to try and minimise long-term steroids using immunosuppressants, um, as lifelong steroids is really a fate only matched by not having a transplant at all. For completeness, it's worth knowing there are a variety of unpronounceable biologic agents, either monoclonal or polyclonal antibodies, with the main target as IL-2. IL-2 is needed for the proliferation of cytotoxic T-cells, which are key cells that we're trying to keep in a drunken stupor in the corner so they don't notice the honking great new solid organ that we've just sneaked in through the back door. Basiliximab, as mentioned above, is an example of these drugs. Um, all of this I kind of have summarised from O's Manual of Intensive Care, Chapter 103, and whatever else I could find on the Wikipedia. Thanks for listening.